0: Let me say hello to the Brentwood campus as we come to the conclusion here of our sharing uh, on perspectives on sharing hope. And uh, again... um, we are, in a sense, I think, cutting our series here just a little short, and it was only because that I was getting the, I got the flu last week, and Easter's coming, so we just got to keep going, and, um, and maybe we'll, we'll come up with a little short version of our fourth message uh, uh, with our teaching pastor, Brent Hudson, and I, but I'm going to make any promises whatsoever, but, but let's just enjoy the fact that we have three parts to this series as, as much, and today we're going to be talking about Open Doors. Um, Now, again, um, for all of us here, including those who are watching uh, via the video, um, we, we like playing that clip at the beginning of each of this series on perspectives because we're convinced that it's a great illustration that so often in life, You know, we go through life seeing things just one way. We just we're, we're just sort of have a lockdown. We just say this is how it is, and then all of a sudden we have an experience, we have a moment where all of a sudden something gets flipped, and we go, "I can't believe I've never seen that before. I can't believe that that's maybe the better way to think. That's the better way to see life. That's the better way to live out our faith, even." And so we really feel that as we've been going through. In a sense, trying to get people to think differently, especially in this area as Christians, where Jesus calls us to share our hope in him. Um, in the first message, we're reminded that Jesus says, you are the light of the world. We are called to shine. And, and again... Um, The temptation is we live in a culture that sort of says, just put your light under the basket, don't bother anyone, have your own little light in your own little closet, do it behind closed curtains, but don't bother us. But Jesus says, you're the light of the world. And then in the second message, uh, as we got, in a sense, again, trying to flip our thinking on things... We have to understand that Jesus ultimately says there's two destinies for people. There is the, the narrow gate and the narrow way that leads to life. And then the, there is the wide gate and the broad way that leads to destruction. And, and that is a reality. That is a framework that Jesus says we have to live with. And as you're interacting with people, with your neighbors and your friends... You have to keep that into your framework as you're dealing with people. And the question really is, can we help people find the narrow way? Can we help them find the narrow gate, which is Christ? Um, So we're going to now talk uh, today about, well, really, how do we do that? How do we share our hope? Because we've been sort of really talking more about why we need to share our hope uh, and, and, and who we are called to be as we share our hope. But now we're going to finish up on this series about, about why. Or, or not why, but how. How do we share our hope? And as we begin about, about this, um, I want to take you to um, Romans 15.7. Romans 15.7. And in Romans 15.7, actually we have, if you, if you have your smart device... Um, whether it 's an iPhone or a galaxy or an HTC or whatever, you can go onto to UVersion and you can uh, go over to the live event, and you should be able to upload that, all the notes and everything, and, and interact with it digitally. Actually, there's a question at the end i want to refer to you if you're on that, or you can jump ahead already and look at that. And there's a poll question about hospitality. How many people do you invite over to your house? So you can already answer that question, or you can wait to the end of the message because I'm going to ask it one more time, okay? But I want to begin by, by again, um, reading these uh, three different translations of the same verse. And, and I want you to be thinking about how does this verse show us how to share our hope in Christ. Okay? Well, what's the hint? What's the key here? So first of all, in the King James Version of Romans fifteen seven, this is how it goes. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Okay? Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, let's look at the New Living Translation. Of that same passage. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Okay? And now let's look at the message, which is not a a true translation. It's a paraphrase. But but again, I think it really captures the essence of the passage. And here we go. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Um, Jesus did it. Now you do it. Now, now, have you caught the idea of what the exhortation here is in, in this part of, of Paul's letter to the Romans and by extension to all God's people? He's saying in the King James uh, translation, receive one another. In the New Living Translation, it's accept one another. And then Eugene Peterson says, who, who? Remember, he wrote the message, or he made this paraphrase of the Bible because he was trying to help his congregation. He was a pastor first here. Um, he was trying to help his congregation get the meaning of the Bible. So he spells it right out. So reach out and welcome one another. Now, if you don't hear anything else, including those who are listening at Brentwood Campus, here's the simple message. If we're going to be able to share hope with people, our hope in Jesus, we need to receive them, we need to accept them, we need to welcome them. We need to do that. Receive them, accept them, and welcome them. That's the strategy. There it is. That is how we're going to share our hope with Christ throughout the world. That's it. Romans 15, 7. There's the strategy right there. It's that simple. You're going to go, oh, really? Well, let's, let's walk through it a little bit and, and work this through. I, I love the last paraphrase because it catches that idea of receiving and accepting, but it's even more profound. It's that welcoming idea. Um, Paul is saying we need to welcome one another. I mean, God has welcomed us in Jesus. Um, Now now that Jesus did it, you do it. It, it, You know, it's amazing how important it is to feel welcomed, isn't it? Um, You know, a few years ago, when um, Nancy and I were coming back, um, we had had the opportunity to go uh, visit um, a couple places in Africa. We went to Ethiopia, went to Rwanda, got to visit with the Barneses, got to visit with the Susis. On the way back, you, you know, you get to do a layover, in brussels but in our case we got to lay over in paris and so we decided you know we're gonna we're gonna grab a couple of days here we couldn't afford to stay in paris any more than two days it almost bankrupt as it was but um uh, we stayed in downtown paris uh for two days and so we just sort of did the mad tour but i remember when we were you know uh, actually it was really close to uh, notre dame um, the, that famous church you know hunchback think walt disney anyway keep, don't go any further than that but um We walked past that place, and then we saw one of those big design fashion houses, Louis Vuitton. Okay, I'm not going to say it again, because Nancy says, the more you say those types of words, Dave, things break down. So uh, it's one of those really super fancy. And, And I remember walking, and it was just like, it was just this huge glass, and it had the logo of this fashion design house. And sure enough, just as we were walking by, this Big, luxurious BMW, but it was one of those limousine BMWs, okay? It wasn't just a normal Beamer. It was a luxurious uh, extended cab BMW sort of thing. And, and out come, I'll be honest, the most beautiful-looking people I've ever seen. I mean, the the women were like, I mean, 105 pounds, and that was probably pushing it. And they were like six foot one. They were all models. You could all tell. And they just sort of, gl- you know, glided in, you know. And then all the men with their ponytails and their black suits and you know, you know, they're all you know, like this. And, and uh, it was really like. And then and then another black beamer came up, and on more beautiful people entered in. And you could see there was this big beautiful lobby, you know. And you knew one thing: you were not welcomed. I just looked at a reflection in the mirror and went, oh, boy, I, I, <laughs> not working for me, not working Anyway, oh, my goodness, that was recorded. Okay. But the thing is, um, uh, you know, I didn't feel welcomed, right? And uh, like Nancy said, let's just keep going, Dave. This isn't, this isn't for us, right? Um, I, you know, I, I, I also remember, speaking of not feeling welcomed, I remember... Um, when I was in seminary, I, I, so here I was, I was like, you know, second year, third year, master's level student, but I, in the summertime, I had to make money, so I had to get real again, and so I got to work at a school district, the Vancouver School District, on a ground crew, which was basically shoveling dirt eight hours a day all through the summer, so, you know, that, it was good, it was good, K- kept me humble. But I remember during a lunchtime, we were all coming in. We were all like just, you know, because you don't wear your best clothes and you're shoveling dirt all day, basically. And, and, and of course, we, uh, uh, we were stopped in at a 7-Eleven at lunchtime. And, and one of the guys said, well, there was, you know, those slushy machines, right? And he just wanted to know. They had a new flavor, you know, like lime or rama or something. He said, I wonder what that's like. So he took a little bit, and he, and, he, and he tested it. And the clerk says, what are you guys doing? You're nothing but bums. Get out of here. I I don't have bums. I'm not a bum. I'm a second year in this. <laughs> and, anyway, we got kicked out of the store and we didn't get any slushies or anything. And um, I remember I was so incensed. And uh, oh, like I was just, oh, I was just fried at the gills around this one because I couldn't believe I wasn't welcomed. And, uh, um, and then I, again, I had to look at what I was looking like. But, but I called up the district uh, office of 7-Eleven. And, uh, and uh, we got invited back in the next day, and, I, and we got free slushies. I, 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 yeah, yeah, welcome, yeah, right. So anyway, no, okay, no, I, I don't know if that was a Christian response. I'm just saying that was my angry <laughs> response. Anyway, the point, but now, now here's the thing. Um, I, let me tell you one other place where I didn't feel welcomed. I, I remember one time, it was just actually we were on the way back, after i just graduated from seminary and we were stopped in at a church. And, and, and I had heard about this, but I actually experienced it for the first time. And I know in talking with people, I've had people tell me this has happened to them as well. And I went into the church and nobody said hello to me. I mean, at first I thought, oh, well, wow. I mean, I'm a little, well, actually we weren't even late. But, you know, we just, the service was started. okay. But nobody, like, I thought I was invisible. Like, it really started to freak me out because I'm an extrovert if you don't know my personality. And um, I, I was like, Nancy, like, nobody, nobody's talking to us. And, and really, and so I just sort and of, and again, I, then I turned into a bit of an experiment. And, and so I just sort of lingered after the service and standing. And people literally just walked <laughs> past me, like, no one, right? And what was funny, of course, was the preacher was talking about the love of God. Um, but apparently, these people didn't feel they needed to show it to anybody. Um, now, now now here's the thing. The first two examples didn't really bother me at the end of the day, because, because we expect that, right? People live in their cliques. They live in their, 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 their levels, their hierarchies. People hang with certain people. You know this for those who are in school, you know that, you, know, jocks hang with jocks, Geeks hang with geeks. Everybody in between hangs out with each other. I mean, but, but the, obviously, right, the third example bothers me, right? Because um, it means that they, they, didn't, they didn't get this verse. That if God has welcomed us while we were strangers because of sin, that if God accepted us in Christ, even when we were unacceptable and, and not pretty and good-looking... Then, if we really get the message of Jesus, what He did for us, we should then by we should not just by default, but we should get it and go. Well, if God accepts me, I should accept others. If God received me, then I should receive others. If God welcomed me, then if Jesus did it, then now it's my turn to do it. And it's kind of frightening, isn't it, when we think that churches are not welcoming. It's it's almost, I, I, it's like a contradiction, it's a contradictory phrase, right? Um, but here's, here's the thing I want you to get. Um, welcoming others is part of what it means to follow Jesus. And loving God and loving others. Remember our mission statement? Follow Jesus, love God, love others. Well, guess what? Here's what it means. It means we welcome others. Um, You know, we're called not to welcome others because Walmart does it um, or because it's an extra quality service technique. Our welcome of others is rooted in something far grander. It's rooted in the very nature of God. If the more you understand who God is, you start to understand what a welcoming God he is. God is a welcoming God. Um, Let me just quickly move you through this. We see it. We see it in the Old Testament. Is anyone thirsty? We read in Isaiah 55 in which the salvation of the Lord is being described. Um, We hear a call by God himself. Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Come. There's an invitation. You're welcomed. You know, I, I think of a song I used to hear back in my earlier days in our, in our context of worship. You know, our God is an awesome God. I'd I, I like to see our worship people come up with a new song called Our God is a Welcoming God. Now, I know it doesn't really work probably time-wise, right, Jeff, or who else was listening to this? But could you come up with a song? Our God is a welcoming God, right? Um, the God that we serve is a God that lives in this welcome stance towards us. We have a God. Read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We have a God that pursues us, a God that embraces us, a God that sees us from a distance, no matter what kind of shape we show up in, and takes the initiative to greet us, to welcome us, and to bring us in. The heart of God is the heart of welcome. Um, What's that phrase? You're so welcome. That's what God says to us. You're so welcome. Um, We also see it in the New Testament um, where Jesus himself says, I was a stranger and you invited me in. Um, There's a striking suggestion in the New Testament that Christ himself is a stranger. In the 53rd chapter of the Rule of St. Benedict, written in 540 AD, we read, all guests who present themselves are to be welcomed as Christ. For he himself will say, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Um, the, actually, um, the, the, the article that uh, I, I was reading this in says that we need to have a very good stranger theology. Um, you know, Jesus was always showing others, when you read, look in the Gospels, Jesus was always showing to others what God was really like. And he was trying to show them that God was, a, again, a welcoming God. Um, think about Luke 15, where um, we read that a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and the religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled, he takes in sinners, and he eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. But the heart of God is this heart of a radical, costly, extravagant welcome. Now, now here's the thing. If God is a welcoming God, the challenge then for us is that we need to imitate God. It says that right in Ephesians 5.1. We are to be imitators of God because we are children of God. So welcoming others is the way we are called to imitate him. Um, Mark Buchanan who is actually a fellow Baptist pastor who uh, lives in Duncan, British Columbia at New Life Community Church, um, has, has written on this as well, this whole idea of hospitality and welcoming. And I love what he, he says here. He says, Western hospitality is inviting friends over for a few hours. Biblical hospitality is persuading strangers to stay one more night. Divine hospitality is pursuing enemies at a great personal cost to turn them into sons and daughters and to welcome them in your house and at your table forever. And, and we're called to move towards divine hospitality. Um, you know, the challenge, though, to imitate God and to truly embrace that welcoming heart is that um, the way the world tells us to go the other way. Um, it says uh, in Luke six thirty two, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit? Even sinners love love those who love them. Uh, um, an article that I was reading um, says uh, says this today. Um, many are much more reluctant to approach strangers. Fear of violence, the influence of media, and the use of electronic communication devices have isolated people from outside their circle of comfort. For Christians, a lack of hospitality towards strangers has crept into churches where many believers feel safer ignoring those they don't know. Um, and then this, this article called Whatever Happened to Hospitality, and it's written by Steven Wisenberg, um, goes on and he makes this final observation. He says, Congregations are merely mirroring the change in society's attitude towards strangers. Media portray- portrayals of violence have made us hesitant to befriend new neighbors or help a stranded motorist. Cellular phones and the internet make us feel comfortable with electronic relationships while avoiding the flesh and blood people who are right around us. And then he says this. He says, Evangelical zeal has been replaced by the secular desire to live in our own safe, self-involved world. And that's the challenge, right? We're to imitate God in this welcoming way. That's what God has done for us. And And yet, we now have become afraid of strangers. We need to say, welcome, strangers. Welcome, new people. You will feel welcomed here. And that brings us to the challenge of love, because there's this connection, right, that welcome is ultimately rooted in love. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. So the challenge is to love instead of just living self-involved. You know, by the way, as I was just talking about nominating um, uh, names for our board, that if you go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, there's a description of what an elder of the church is. And one of the qualities that an elder is supposed to have is that they enjoy having people in their home. That they practice hospitality. And I can't help but think that we need the spiritual leadership in this church, in our church, whether whatever congregation we're in, that are practicing, that are modeling welcoming new people into their homes. Now, this is challenging, though, isn't it, to love this way? It means to stop turning our homes into castles because culturally that's what it's become. I know in talking with Jerry Reddy, he says, I said, man, I said, you know, I'll be honest with you, Jerry. Jerry's the pastor at, at Hillside Baptist Church up in the northwest part of Moncton. And I said, Jerry, I said, I'll be honest with you, I'm jealous. I said, for every, I was told uh, by the city planners that for every one house built anywhere else in Moncton, 10 homes are being built in northwest Moncton. So, so that place is just booming with houses. When you look outside of this campus, it ain't booming, okay? And that's not a slam on anyone. It's just, it ain't booming the way it's booming in northwest Moncton. But he says, you know what he says? He says, Dave, I'll tell you. He says, it is hard to reach all those new homes, all those new people. Because he says, you know what they do? You know what their practice is? Their practice is where they will um, simply work all day, both of them. And then they drive in. The doors go up. In go to the cars. Doors come down. The garage doors come down. And the place is shut down for the rest of the night. See, everybody lives in isolation. Right? But Christians are called not to turn homes into castles. It it means moving beyond our bubble of friends. It means not worrying about how clean the house is. It means risk. It means patience. It means adjusting our schedules. It means actually making room for our schedules. It means we need to make the choice to love. the, The stranger We need to love the alien. We need to love the new person. We need to love the single mother with unruly kids, the gang member embroidered with tattoos, the crack junkie jittery with nerves, the shy teenager with a rash of acne all over their face, the homeless drifter with a sour smell, the rich man with an empty heart. You know, when we choose to love people, people will begin to experience the welcome of God. So how do we do this? Well... If we become a welcoming people, we will accomplish our mission. Our mission is to help lead people to follow Jesus, love God, love others. But how do we lead people? We lead them by welcoming them into our lives, into our spaces, into our homes, and into our schedules. Now, that is the simple aha. That's why I want to flip the picture for you. Um, I want you to think that that's how we're going to accomplish the mission we're going to practice welcoming others. So, it, it, it you know what? It, for some of you, it, it, it might just begin here. Um, I just, and I, I really want to say this clearly to the Brentwood campus people too. That your challenge, your, your, first of all, if you have, if you have enjoyed the welcome of God, you need to start practicing it as a congregational family. So, so, so that would mean. Honestly, ask yourself over the last six months, the last six weeks, have you just sat in the same row of chairs? Have you sat at the same table and you talk to the same people and your same friends all the time? Have you ever welcomed someone who's new? Have you ever done that? Ask yourself that. Um, okay, I got, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. All right, I'm going to land this thing now in the next two minutes. So... That's what we need to do. We're going to accomplish our mission. We need to become a welcoming people. We, we, We need to then, therefore, just show hospitality. And I love this verse in 1 Peter 4, 8, 9. Listen, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, isn't that great? And you know what? Isn't it great to say, oh, just show love to everybody? Oh, isn't that great? I just love that. But then notice the very next sentence. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, so what does it mean to, to love others? It means to have someone in your home and you do it cheerfully. I am glad you're here. Okay? Um, that, that, that means that, that here's another ministry moment. So, so have you welcomed someone in your church family? That means during the connect time. You actually say hello to someone beyond your circle, your comfort circle. You extend yourself because God extended himself to you. Because Christ accepted you, you now act accepting to others. But here's the next thing. Would you be so courageous and trust Jesus to protect you, to actually invite someone to say, look, you know, I've seen you've been coming to church for the last couple weeks or you're even new here today. Would you, like, would you like to come to our house for a lunch or for a meal or, or come over just for dessert? You can't come today? How about Friday night? And you invite someone into your home. Um. Wow. Can you imagine one thing that when you come to our Belong Seminar that Pastor Carol and I uh, lead, we, we commission everybody into an immediate ministry once you go to that seminar. You're on a ministry team. It's called, you are part of our unofficial welcoming team. Which you need to reach out and just say hello to people who are new. And you know, you know the people who get it? The new people get it the best because they know what it feels like to be new. Okay? But you know what? You don't need to be new to get this. You need to know your Bible. You need to know the gospel. You need to know that Jesus reached out to you. So just as Christ accepted you, you accept others. Live the gospel. Um, And guess what that's going to do? It's going to make an impact. Here's this statement we have in the outline. It says, hospitality is an act of love that helps people see the gospel. You know, it amazes me all the wonderful stories I've heard over all the years where someone was just invited to someone's home and a friendship began. And in the context of that relationship, they started a journey of faith. And then before they knew it, they took more steps and more steps. And, and if they, but when they look back, they go, you know, it all began when someone invited me over to their house and we just had Coke and popcorn on a Friday night. And that's where it began. No, no big Billy Graham crusade strategy. No $5 billion new building. Just people opening their homes. What would it be like if just 25% of our congregation for Easter weekend actually had someone over to their home on Easter weekend? Or what if 25% of our congregation on Easter weekend met someone new and said, Hey, would you like to come over to my house? I, I, we'd love to have you over today or we love to have you over this weekend, we, can we get together? Wow. 25%. 50%. 75%. Are you a Christian? Wow. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's hard. But I'm starting to realize that following Jesus is the narrow way. And love isn't just when it's convenient. Love means to love. So let's pray. Lord, Father, thank you that that you have shown to us in Jesus your nature, which is that, that you have a heart of welcome and you say, come, come on in. Oh, Lord, I confess to you that I need to practice that more. Lord, fill up my heart to reach out and to say, come on in not worry about what the house looks like or not worry about if everything's in order. But Lord, just welcome people in into the journey of life and love and faith. Oh, Lord, I pray for this church. Lord, I pray that we'll be welcoming people during our connection time, that we'll be welcoming people who come in through our doors. And Lord, whether no matter what their life story may be or how they may come across, Lord, I pray for our hospitality teams that we're building, Lord, that people want to get on those so that we can welcome. But Lord, most of all, Lord, that we'll just practice hospitality and welcome people into our homes and we can begin to share our life and our love for you with them. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.